You're tuned in to the Lone Star Lowdown, your favorite sports podcast where we're talking professional, college, and fantasy sports with your host, Ty Henderson, Shay Holt, and Corey Guidry. And we're back with the Lone Star Lowdown. It is January 11th, 2023, a whole new year. Thanks for listening along. Um, we are the Lone Star Lowdown. This is Shay Holt, Ty Henderson, and Corey Guidry. Uh, bringing you all the sports news um, from the postseason of college football and previewing the NFL playoffs. Remember to follow us on Instagram at the Lone Star Lowdown, Twitter at Lone Star LD, and we're on TikTok. Uh, the Lone Star Lowdown is our handle on there. And make sure to check out all of our content on YouTube. So. We had quite a lot go on since our last podcast. I think we're going to dive right into a recap of the national championship game. Uh, Georgia beat the crap out of TCU. Um, one yeah, of that was hard to watch. Yeah, one of the most um, dominating performances I've ever seen in a college football game, let alone a championship game. Uh, what are y'all's thoughts? Besides that, of course, it was hard to watch. There really wasn't much watching after the you know, midway through the second quarter, really. I mean, it's not good for the sport to have your championship game like that when a lot of people are, you know, there's a lot of people complaining on social media um, about, you know, who maybe should have been in over TCU. Um, and we can maybe get into that discussion. But overall, it's not good for the sport to have that happen. I remember a few years ago, Seattle beat the breaks off the Broncos in a Super Bowl, but I don't remember that ever really happening uh, in the NFL. Um, well, we've been lucky with Super Bowls not to get two off of the college football um, train for, but we can for a second. Recently, Super Bowls have been great, but in the 90s before, you know, we were born, it was either the Cowboys or San Francisco pretty much blowing whoever. The Bills out. The Bills out, yeah. (laughs) Or Denver. Um, But until like that Rams-Tennessee Super Bowl where Tennessee was just a yard short, I don't think there, there was much in the 90s and then early 2000s either before like the Peyton Manning or no. Who the no the Seattle uh, and the Steelers game, which that was a cr- crazy game. Uh, but in Seattle college football, Steelers. it's the same thing where there's been almost about no Arizona parody. Steelers. Oh yeah, Arizona. And yeah, Steelers. with the. Anyway, what Ty's getting at is historically the Super Bowl has uh, not been a very competitive, entertaining game. Um, just historically, uh, yes. Rec- of recent, there have been some great. And since ones. the college football playoffs started, either either neither has the college. That's God, what I was going to. The get national at. championship. I have too much caffeine in my system right now. I can't talk. No, that's exactly what I was going to get at. We actually haven't seen a lot of great college football being played in the national championship because, generally speaking, let's be real. One team is just better than everybody else, and even if they have to play two games, generally, whether it's you know an Alabama or an LSU team, they beat the shit out of everybody. We got a really good national championship between Alabama and Clemson uh, several years ago. Um, you know, uh, we've had some decent playoff games. This year, it was all about the uh, first round of the playoffs. Uh, Michigan and TCU played an incredible game, and uh, Georgia and Ohio State played an incredible game. And that game. was the first time we've ever really seen that. And, yeah, it was definitely the best weekend of the college football playoff, uh, as far as a showcase goes, uh, in the history of its existence. And I think it probably brought expectations for what was, you know, a 13-point spread game plus. Uh, you know, it probably brought expectations that it would be a good game higher than they should have been, and I think that has a lot to do with why we are all looking at this as such a disappointment and uh, blaming the playoff system and the fact that TCU was in there. They did obviously beat Michigan in a, in a great game. Um, but, yeah, I think that's, that's probably why um, we're perceiving it in such a way. Um, you know. But it was clear that Georgia was far and away the best team in the nation this year. I think I don't think – Give any of the other three playoff teams ten tr- ten tries against the dogs, and I think they maybe they beat them once. One thing I will say, is Ohio State. I mean, that was their they they had that game and they just let it go. I mean, exactly. that was the one they would have won against them. I'm saying that that game against TCU. That, I mean, they wouldn't have gotten beat that bad, but Ohio State could easily get beaten by three touchdowns against Georgia. 
in my opinion. Could have happened. I just think that, you know. Michigan beat Ohio State, beat the brakes off Ohio State, and TCU was up, what, 17 points against Michigan? I think maybe 21 at one point. Um, I just think that, um, you know, I, I thought Ohio State played well. I thought the loss humbled them. I thought because they had elite quarterback play and athletes all over the field, they could hang with Georgia. I thought Georgia was probably the better team, and they showed it by coming back and ultimately winning. But it was a missed field goal, and that was the difference in who went to the national championship, and I believe who would have won it. I believe that was necessarily the national championship game. So you, th- you think Ohio State would have blown out TCU? Maybe not as bad. I uh, think they beat but them. But how, how, like, I mean, that argument – where I mean, Michigan beat Ohio State. Like yeah, but that's just four touchdowns. I mean, that's any given day. I mean, you can't always do at, just the football match. It was at Ohio State. I realize, but I know like, that's what it I'm doesn't saying. Always work I, that I think way. it just shows that Georgia is better than it, far yeah. and away better than all these teams beyond the quarterback. To, be, to and, beat to beat a team like Georgia, you need elite QB play. Yeah, that's lead, what you saw. The, like CJ Stroud speed was the biggest. CJ Stroud throwing for four touchdowns and over 400 yards, and that's why you know a lot of well, people. Max Duggan, he was second in yeah, the Heisman. But, Right, but he doesn't play the position at the same level as C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young plays. That's why he won't be drafted to the same degree as they will be in the NFL. I agree with Corey. I mean, C.J. Stroud's definitely a better quarterback. He won the Heisman, but... Did he? No, he didn't win the Heisman, but... Caleb Williams oh, won, Caleb won yeah. the Heisman. So how did Max Duggan get second over C.J. Stroud? Um, that's I don't a, think he should have. That's a, a good crying. question. He cried, yeah. and that's why. Cinderella story. People love Cinderella stories in college football for whatever reason. I guess because, uh, but it's Cause just, it kind of pisses me off that Caleb Williams won the Heisman on such a shitty team. I mean, they won our, they, were, they lost that was a game two games, 11 have, and 2. We missed, we haven't talked since uh, Tulane and USC played. How about that game? That was a crazy finish there. Tulane, um, it, it felt like SC was up two scores the entire game, and within the last four minutes, Tulane. Uh, tied it and took the lead and then won in overtime, which – they won in overtime, right? I think they scored maybe no, 16 no, no. They points won by in one the last point. four minutes. They won by one won. point. But I was on the way to pick up Charlotte from the airport. Um, did anyone else – was there a safety? Did I, they just stuff them in the end zone? I did not get to watch the whole game. So I what, saw recap What happened was someone dropped the kickoff um, at the at the two-yard line and then like got the ball in the two-yard line. Wait, he was like out of bounds or something, though, to where – yeah, he, like, basically fair caught it. Because, like, you know, in college you can fair catch inside the 20. You don't have to be in the end zone, and it's still uh But he was out of bounds when he fair caught it? He dropped it. it. And it either went out of bounds or he had a dive on it at the two. Then they got a safety the next collapse. play. What a collapse. Well, I mean, that kind of shows the weakness of Lincoln Riley's team. And I, he's, like, the young uh, guru of college football. But it's clear that defense has never been his priority. And his teams have, you know, routinely struggled. Every loss that UFC had this year, they gave up over 40 points. Do you think so. that's something that goes along with his offense because they score so fast and the defense is always on the field? Um, I mean, I don't really want to use that excuse. I think that he, he brought the same OC, his name's escaping me. I mean, DC, his name's escaping me right now that he had at OU. I just don't think he's a good defensive coordinator. Um, I think he definitely prioritizes recruiting offensive players. Um, and he just he's one of those guys who he's not in defensive meeting rooms. You know what I mean? He's not – he – Hands the defense over to whoever he yeah, lets but run you, it. You think you would think that at least one of these defensive coordinators would be able to get. It's not like they're getting two and three star guys. Yeah, on the I just think four and five I just think stars. he needs to fire the DC that he has now and get someone else because um, he's clearly uh, not good at his job. He's had several uh, fourteen plus point collapses in the last few years. Is what I was seeing, um, and that's just you know that's very uh, Steve Sarkeesian of him. <laughs> um, you know, yeah, I didn't get to watch that whole. Uh, that was the Cotton Bowl, correct? Was yes. the Cotton Bowl? Yeah, because yes. uh, the the Rose Bowl wouldn't have them, wouldn't have the Trojans this year. Anyway, um, yeah, lots of you know exciting stuff from bowl season. Um, and yeah, back to the, the national championships. Uh, a twelve team playoff, not next year, but the year after that. Um, you know, brief discussion on do, do we even think that's good for the sport? How do we think would that have changed anything this year? Would, you know, how do y'all feel about it? Because I'll just tell you right off the bat, I feel like it's going to put the nail in the coffin on both the bowl season and uh, completely devalue the conference championship. Yeah, uh, it's going to devalue the regular season at least to some degree, right? Well, the what it is right now is every conference champion has an automatic spot. So Yeah, yeah but like already you see a team like uh, like last year, Georgia and Alabama, undefeated matchup. SEC championship, Alabama wins. 
They both get in. Ends up being them again. Georgia wins. And in my opinion, I don't have I, – I mean, I know that – on the last game they played, Georgia won. But in my opinion, I can't sit there and really feel like, you know, Georgia was the national champion or was the better team than Alabama. It was a pick six. They don't pick six that game. Uh, Young and company go down and score and win yeah, that Yeah, but shit. don't you really want to know who's the best team? Every every other level of football in Not college one. and the NFL and high school has a playoff system with more than 12 teams. Or yeah, well, there's more than twelve teams in the NFL too. I just think we kind of grew up and we're all we're used to like the college national champion being whoever. It's like an undefeated team or maybe a one loss team. Like and a, you get one chance. Yeah, yeah you right. get, Bef- that's what makes college football like so special. Is every regular season game just has so much on the line. If you slip up and lose to a to a Missouri or you know one of these SEC schools, that's gonna fuck your chances up. You know, you're you're done now. Which Georgia almost lost to Missouri this year. Exactly, yeah. yeah, but I mean it. I mean it. Leaves more room for error, but you still get more primetime games. And you're talking about how it destroys bowl season. Yeah, it does in a sense, but it also props up more. Bowl, like these games will still be bowl games and have, you know, they'll sell the rights to whoever. It will create for advertising. El- it'll create what? 11 games, 11 playoff games. If you have 12 teams, everybody has to lose once, right? Um, it's how it works. Um, 11 games, 11, basically 11. Primetime bowls. I'm sure that they'll expand. You know. Well, there's buys in there too. Yeah, yeah, but um, but uh, but still, um, there'll be 11 games instead I, of three. You're still gonna Not see. A mathematician. You're still gonna see the top teams, um, you know, being in the finals and winning for the most part. Um, you might see, you might have some more excitement, you know, in those earlier rounds, whatever that might be. You might see a team like TCU. Let's say that team is like a nine seed one year. They they win two rounds, but at the end of the day, uh, I think. The top dogs will still be the top dogs. But it at least gives these other schools a chance. And in an era where NIL is so prominent, it, it's a selling point for schools to where it won't college football won't become just three schools being good every year and that's it, which it's pretty much that's what it's become in this playoff era. I think it's and still going to be that, though. Even towards the end of the BCS era, that's what we were starting to see as well. I, st- I think it's still going to be like three teams who we all know are the best, and that's it. I mean, the other teams will get in the playoffs just out of numbers, but we're going to know who's the best team just like we did this year pretty much. I think that eight or six would have been a better number because putting a team, you know, putting it in theory, a let's just say the top 12 teams consisted of the five conference champions and, the, and all the at-large bids. That... 12 through 8, you know, 12 through 9, those teams, they're never going to win it. You're going to have to win four games. You, you, I mean, you you're going to have that. to win four games. It's the top two teams from the non-Power 5 conferences and what, five at-large at large bids. bids? I guess so, yeah. Um, and so what about a team that, like, has a, a, a quarterback go down early in the season, maybe drops a game or two, he, the guy comes back midseason. They turn into one of the best teams in the nation. And I don't know. Then, then they end up getting a twelve or ten seed, and they run. You know, it, they don't have to win the national championship, but even a few upsets in the early rounds of the college football playoff, I think would, you know, that would garner a lot of interest. Yeah, I just think what um, and I'm not like I don't hate it. I would not have mind minded if we just still had the original BCS bowl where you just pick two. Oh, people I, hated that. I know more. I'm in the minority there, and that's fine. I don't care. Um, but because like generally you know who the two best teams are, but that's fine. I don't mind this era. But um, but people weren't even picking actually lost the teams. Th- then it was a computer picking yeah, the actually, top two teams. I actually lost my point, but yeah. No, I also liked uh, just you know, especially when it was two perfect teams or one perfect team and one reasonable challenger. What it was, was three it, though? But it was three. It, well, it was that was the problem. When there were three, <laughs> when there were three, that other team always you know raised up a fuss, and that was the problem. Well, nowadays, with the system. We, yeah, we still usually see three undefeated teams or at least two in the playoffs. Um, I mean, there, I think there's been years where it's been four. Um, not to I have to go back and look I think at it. Maybe last year, wait, Alabama. So there was a one loss Georgia team. Yes, Alabama, Cincinnati, Cincinnati and, and Michigan undefeated. Yes. So yeah, there's three. But, but to, to, that, that's a good example of why a four team works, and why possibly, you know, instead of having your Cincinnati play the one seed in the first round, Cincinnati will be able to play. Say they were a six seed in the twelve team, they'd play a seven, and then play the one seed. But at least that lull in between, there won't be such a big 
gap in between the conference championships and the national championship where you saw in the first round of the playoffs, defenses couldn't tackle. Guys looked uh, gassed out there. And I think that's mainly because, you know, you're not playing full speed football for over a month. I am very interested to see how they're going to choose to schedule all that out, especially with, you know, in tandem with the NFL schedule and, you know, just in general, will, is it going to be right after it, the the conference championships? It will make, there will be more meaningful football. There will be less of a gap in between, like, I mean, think how long we just had to watch all these shitty bowl games where no one, like half the team wasn't playing, they were opting out. This this whole format, it will make for less opt-outs on less top quality teams, so more of your stars getting out there. And, pl- and finishing their careers, I, don't know, I think it's overall. There, yeah, I, I see the fallacies in it, but there there definitely are pros to it. And while it will create, as you said, more meaningful football on the back end, it will take a lot of the meaning away from the regular season games yep. that up to this point are must wins. Make college football but, yeah, but like we said, there's only, there's still only five at large teams. Yeah, but I mean, you, and go then, you know, the top. you know, the SEC is going to get three, two or three of those a year, probably. So it's it's you're looking at conference champions. And if the you have a good enough record, they probably the runner up to conference like the big conferences, like the Big Ten, even though we saw a team who played in the Big Ten championship this year. Like it was Michigan in and Illinois or Illinois. No, no. Yeah. Was it? Yeah, it was Illinois. So and Illinois, they wouldn't have been in the playoffs, but a team like Florida State or USC, who, you know, they had top tier talent, but weren't. You know, they weren't quite there. I think Clemson would have still been in. Yeah, it will, it'll Notre Dame maybe. And it gives know. those teams an opportunity to show recruits and like the mainstream media that they 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 do deserve to be on the national stage with those you know early playoff games. Hey, so, let's be honest, y'all. Until they see Georgia and get wiped off the field. Yeah, it's but the I'm, only way Texas is getting even in if the fucking you're, playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Even if you're winning one out of those ten matchups against a team like Georgia, you just if you were a fan of that team like Texas, you'd still want that chance. And there's yeah. still I mean, you, there's a reason they play the game. You it's know, the it's, only way Texas is going to get in, like you just said. Hey, um, Arch Manning has moved in, boys. It's a new era. Um, with probably hopefully we have to wait a year because I'd love for him to redshirt, but. Things are in motion now. Should we get to the NFL? Uh, yeah. Um, should we mention the how Texas basketball fired Chris Beard? Oh we yeah, had a very, uh, very long talk on our last uh, pod about that. A follow up, that. yeah, a follow up, and you know, I think um, a lot of that discussion was, you know, we had just learned that the, the his his girlfriend of five years, six years, however long it's been, had kind of uh, come out and said that. You know, she didn't mean to call the cops or she didn't, you know. She never wanted the cops to come. Yeah, you know, oh, he didn't, you know, none of what she said was true. But, um, you know, probably about, what, like three or four days after we recorded that podcast, uh, the news broke they had fired Chris. Yeah, they asked him to step down. Um, He's probably going to challenge that in court, try to sue. Um, It's it's sad, you know, most of the players came out and said they don't hold any hard feelings against Chris Beard. There's, you know, it's about the team and uh, moving forward. And Ronnie Terry, he's done a decent job at this point. They had one uh, really poor defensive showing against Kansas State last week, um, but then made up for it against Oklahoma State and a strong defense showing in Stillwater, which is a hard place to play. So moving forward, I mean, if, if Coach Terry can get this team to a Sweet 16 or something like that, I say give him the job. If not, uh, John Calipari, the Kentucky coach, he's been a name that's been popping up a lot recently with Kentucky. Uh, and now last night they fell to South Carolina, who's not a basketball program, a good basketball program at all. Um, so, I mean, that heats up that noise. But I, 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 at this point, I'm not really concerned on who's going to be the coach next year. I just want to you know, finish out this year, and we got a good squad and to see what, how far these boys can go. I think I said last pod that I expected expected him to be fired, and I didn't want that, but I just knew that the optics of it, there's no way they would be able to bring him back on the sidelines and just deal with that PR nightmare. Yeah, and that, I, I didn't that think he would, would at the time. Um, but, but you know, yeah, I, I, don't, I, I don't blame mean, the university for taking action. Yeah, I mean, I kind of expected that you just, in this day and age, it's just hard to bounce back from something like that, so... I think it's just in a, you know, we can all take it as an important lesson that, uh, you know, be sure you want the police when you call them. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. You know, when, you, when you're going to call the cops to your home, you're going to have to deal with all those ramifications. And I think that they're still together, the couple. And, you know, I'm not commenting on the incident right here. I'm just saying that that might have been, you know, a, what, a $30 million phone call. That's all I'm saying. Life lessons with Shay. Okay, y'all want to give uh, national champion predictions for next year before we get on, move on to the NFL? 
just you know, way too early prediction. Georgia's the betting favorite right now. Uh, I don't know if they have a good quarterback coming in or not. Um, I don't know what their quarterback situation is going to look like. I know Stetson Bennett is gone. I don't think he can hold on for one more year. I'm sure they'll have a very talented roster. Um, and again, a- you know, Alabama would be the plug-and-play other team, I would think, that would fill, the f- fill in for them. But I don't know what their quarterback situation is going to look like with Bryce Young leaving. That being said, uh, they'll probably both make the playoff next year. Uh, if I was a betting man, I'd say that. And then I'd take either Michigan or Ohio State because it seems like one of those teams always going to come out of the Big Ten no matter we just, what. We just need a winner here. And, oh, we just need a winner. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, shit. Uh, I got This I, will be written down. Uh, you can. You'll obviously have a you know preseason prediction. You can change, but yeah. I mean, if I was just if I wanted if if I was trying to advise people on how to go future bet, I would go bet on Alabama. Yes, Corey. I would bet, if you're betting, I'd bet on who you think is going to have a better quarterback out of Bama and Georgia, but who I'm going to take is USC because they have the best QB in the nation, even though their defense is trash. Maybe Lincoln can finally figure it out, but, again, way too early prediction. I'll take the best quarterback. I'm going to go with Clemson and our boy Cade Klubnik. Um, If I had a Heisman prediction, I'd also pick him. I feel like he's going to have a big jump in his progress at the quarterback position this offseason. But all right, let's move into a little gridiron gossip. It is playoff time, boys. Um, you know, where do y'all want to start? Do y'all want to start Cowboys? Just get out of the way after a rough, rough we week can, week yeah. eighteen we can do it. performance against Washington. We're gonna invest the most time in that discussion. I feel like we might as well go ahead and get it get it out of the way. It's a Monday night, seven fifteen kickoff here. Uh, it's only game Monday. Uh, and I don't think I've ever. I don't know if they did a Monday night playoff game last this year. This is the first year. Um, and I think that you know, going forward, maybe that's a bit of a disadvantage. I don't know how they're going to compensate um, the time. Um, for well, the you, you just you get an extra day, um, or I you know some teams. If you play on Saturday this week, you'll probably play on Sunday next week, right? Is that how it works? I mean, I don't know. If you play on Monday and then you play on Saturday, that's a pretty big well, disadvantage. Well, you know, the, the Monday teams will play It's on not going to be like that. But I you get an extra day off in between this week. So I think that's just how they're, you know, it's it probably give and take. It probably doesn't matter as much. You know, if it came down as a decision that they wanted three primetime night games, and so they, they made the Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers play Monday night, it should be a great game. Um, Dallas is favored by two and a half when I checked last night. Uh, we it's all going down. It opened at three. Uh, we all know that Tampa Bay defeated Dallas uh, nineteen to three at home the first week of the year. I believe that was I believe that was Sunday night. It might have been Monday Night Football as well, though. Uh, that game obviously, uh, Dak Prescott got hurt, and uh, you know they failed to find the end zone. Um, we had a monumental podcast that night. Yeah, you, uh, you you pulled me and Corey out of the depths of thinking the season was completely oh, over. Dude, when we Dak were went we down. were ready to just you pack were right. It up you and were go home. you were completely right about that. I'll I'll give you props on that one. Well, we're right back where we started. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, what comes around goes around. Yep, and um, so yeah, just um, as as the resident Cowboys fans, why don't why don't y'all just tell me what you think about this matchup and uh, what you're uh, excited for, what you're concerned about? Do you think that it'll be I a gotta, similar outcome, or do you think the Cowboys can make it a closer game this time around? I got a question for Corey, uh, Cowboys fan, Go the ahead. Cowboys fan. All right, who puts us in a? Okay, here, let me see how, see how I can phrase this. Who do you think? Is more the, if we lose this game, is it going to be more because Dak Prescott or because Mike McCarthy is having a rough day? Okay, so when and and you, no matter who it is, who's going to take the blame for it? Because it's going to be one of those two. We can both agree on that, right? Yeah, it's going to be both of them. But when you say Mike McCarthy, do you mean from a clock management perspective or well, like a well, game plan? We we've seen him clean that up. My this I was going to roll this into my next point of. Mike McCarthy has cleaned up all those issues. The penalties are way down. I know we had a rough start uh, first few weeks, but nothing like last year. And what that that game against San Francisco, what was the main issue? Penalties. 14 penalties. Clock management. Not using Tony Pollard. They yeah, figured I mean, that out. That's more on Kellen Moore, in my opinion. But and we'll, we'll wrap him into this whole equation, too. Let's, but let's just say the Cowboys do lose to Tom Brady on Monday night, which we've never beaten Tom Brady since he's been in the NFL. We is the Cowboys, who do you, do you fire Mike McCarthy or, and do you think Jerry Jones and Steven Jones and um, 
the rest of the front office start really looking at if Dak Prescott can be the guy that can get you to the Super Bowl? It okay. So kind of a, I'll I'll sum, summarize this like this. If if it's a situation where Dak throws a pick six and another pick, well he has he's gonna the past, get like, and three it's weeks. It's almost seven here. seven games in a row eight. now. Eight. It's wow. a, it's almost guaranteed. Is it not? Uh, I heard seven on the radio coming over here. It could be eight. That guy could have been wrong. I'm just saying seven games in a row at least. Either, either or. Throwing that's a pick. Both terrible, but continue, Corey. Okay, sorry. so um, if that's the case and that continues, he's certainly going to get absolutely crucified. Is Mike McCarthy co- coaching for his job? Um, it's, it's very tough. I think it's pretty much 50-50. It's really going to depend on how they perform, which I know is kind of a cop-out. He's, he's the first Cowboys coach since 97-98 to take back-to-back playoffs and 12-win seasons. Yeah, so I don't think – I'd be pretty surprised if he was fired just because I don't know who they're replacing him with. I don't think it's going to be Sean Payton um, as much as Cowboy fans have you know loved that. So um, let me ask you this. Would you rather have Dan Quinn be promoted and fired – uh, and Mike McCarthy fired if the Cowboys do lose to the Bucks. No, because I, I, you can look at Dan Quinn when he was a head coach. They did make the Super Bowl, but his defenses were never as good as when he was the solid defensive coordinator. And he said that himself, that um, as a head coach, you have much more on your plate and you don't get to really focus on a specific side of the ball and just be a dominant coordinator like he is now. I would just keep it the same, honestly. I mean, at some point, the players have to take some blame, too. I mean, I know we love to blame coaches, but if Dak goes out there and turns the ball over two or three times, defense is given up. I mean, they don't really have – our secondary personnel is really bad. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, it depends how we perform. I would, I do think Mike McCarthy will still be the coach next year, though, if we do lose. And, Shay, how worried do we sound right now? Well, I definitely uh, <laughs> am concerned for the Cowboys being that y'all are talking how about are how y'all are going to perceive the game <laughs> based on how you're going to lose instead of say. even choosing to try to preview the game that's about to happen. Um, you know, I've got a lot I was looking at that pointed towards the Cowboys winning this game, at least on paper. Everything on paper. Um, the Cowboys are better in, in every facet of the game besides well, quarterback, well, some, I would say. Some things that, that, that struck out to me were this, that Tampa Bay is last in the league in rushing yards per game and 25th in points per game. They uh, have been re- very inefficient on first down. They only complete 37.4%, and they haven't been able to create turnovers. Meanwhile, Dallas, third in sacks, they get after the quarterback. How do you beat Tom Brady? You get after him. They're seventh in interceptions, and you know I think that they, the matchup of Cowboys um, defense versus Tampa Bay offense uh, – Will almost certainly go, but you to need the Cowboys. You need to score points, obviously, and you need to, uh, you know, protect the ball. But if Dallas just can limit pe- can limit penalties, can limit turn, can win the turnover battle. Let's just say that, and um, can run the ball effectively. There's there's really no reason outside of Tom Brady magic that they should lose the fucking game. Well, yeah, I know, and but that's my number one concern. And also you mentioned that the way to beat Tom Brady is getting after him, you know, getting pressure on the quarterback. Cowboys are great at that, but Tom Brady is also great at escaping pressure up the middle, which the Cowboys don't have much interior pressure. And he's great at getting the ball out fast. And the only time I've seen the Cowboys, I mean, a lot of these games they've won. um, I mean, we're talking the first matchup against Washington and a few other examples of teams just, you know, completely forfeiting dropping back in the passing game, but just doing quick two-step, three-step drops that are getting the ball out quick and maybe even stepping up in the pocket, running some quarterback draws like we saw Philadelphia do against us. We won't have to worry about that. We don't have to worry about that, but we do have to worry about Tom Brady stepping up in the pocket. And if he can get enough time and step up and heave it down to Mike Evans, this is a game where I see Mike Evans, Cowboys win or lose, Mike Evans is going to have at least 100 yards receiving and a touchdown in this game. See, um, my thoughts, um, let me see. I definitely think the Cowboys should win and will win just because Tampa Bay's offense has been putrid, man. And as long as um, you cannot just get give them insane opportunities of field position based on turnovers, like, you can say what you want about this offense. It's, um, throwing out last week, they're the number one scoring offense over the past, like, year and a half, two years. So, you know, I just think, I just think they're going to score the ball well and that's it you know that's it really i mean if they I, lose I, this game i think that's why we're sitting here saying like if they lose are you firing the coach because they should win do you not think that they're thinking this in the locker room though they know all these storylines this also, has been talked about all week one more point 
Dallas has been great off losses this year. They lost to Tampa Bay, came back against Cincinnati with Cooper Rush and won that game pretty easily. Um, What was the next loss? Philadelphia, they came back. They never lose back-to-back games. Yeah, they came back. The Minnesota, I think, was the next game after they lost to Philadelphia. They beat them 40-3. to um, been great off losses. It's the playoffs, though, man. It's the second season. Throw everything we've, you know, pretty much everything we've seen in the regular season out the window. It's, it's going to be different. I guarantee you, this is a close game. Vegas knows. Yeah, it's going to be. They're having this under a field goal point spread. That's telling me something that this is going to come down to probably a final drive from one of one of the other teams. I think T. Y. Hilton makes a big play late in this I, game. I've been loving what I've been seeing from T. Y. T. Y. Anyways, I'm sure we both think the Cowboys will win. Uh, Shay, you got a prediction on that one? Oh, I think the Buccaneers are going to win, mostly because they're playing at home, mostly because they already beat up, and mostly because Tom Brady. It's I'll hard be to beat a team twice. Hard to beat the same team twice. All right, let's move on to the New York football giants visiting the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, that's on Sunday at 4.30 Eastern on Fox. Minnesota defeated New York at home uh, week 16, 24 to 27. Giants outgained Minnesota in that game uh, with 445 yards to Minnesota's 353, but had two costly turnovers at the end of the game. That was the game where the Minnesota kick, kicker kicked like a 60-yard field goal to win it, right? Or something. Or maybe it was, like, it was in the 50s or at least. But that was a close game. Oh, yeah. Most definitely a close game. Um, and the Vikings uh, have won every one-score game they've played in this year. I believe they're 11-0. and 0. Uh, something the, like the, that. The, the the best team record wise to have a negative um, point differential. Point differential, yeah. Yeah, I, I believe <laughs> like it. Negative eighteen Cause, point differential. Because the teams that have beat them have just beat them like dogs, like the Cowboys, for instance. The Eagles. Um, yeah, um, but they have some big wins. Uh, I know they beat Buffalo kind of on a whim, but you know they defeated Buffalo and um, you know beat Green Bay and Detroit at times this year. You know. Um, the stats I was looking at, um, this is kind of a flip-flop game. New York is fourth in rushing yardage per game, while Minnesota is 27th. And uh, Minnesota is second in passing yardage, while New York is 27th. So one team really runs the ball well, and one team really passes the ball well. And, you know, that's obvious. You have uh, Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley, and on the other side you have Justin Jefferson, Thielen, Osborne, and Dalvin Hawkinson. Cook. And Dalvin Cook, obviously, uh, you know, uh, he, he does catch the ball out of the backfield uh, rather well. Um, so, you know, I'm interested to see how this game goes. Um, you know, I think it's wrong team favorite here. I, I like the Giants in this one. I'm with you, too. I mean, uh, I like a week of rest for Saquon. I bet he touches the ball 30 times in this game. That defense is very opportunistic. They're not. It's kind of like the defense, Dallas defense from last year, where it's maybe not the most skilled players, but they um, – they swarm to the ball. They rip at the ball. They get a lot of you know punch out fumbles. A lot of uh, coming across the field safety wise interceptions. I, I there's just something about this Giants team to where on paper, I mean, if Richie James is your best receiver, how could anyone ever pick pick you to win? But Daniel Jones has limited the turnovers this year, and they've gotten Brian Dable has gotten this team to run the ball and run it yeah. well. And he's probably my he's my coach of the year favorite at this point. But, yeah, wrong team favorite. I got I got New York in this one. You just stole one of my big points because a lot of people, when they talk about coach of the year, they're always looking at, like, Sirianni, who has the best record. But to me, it's like, what are you doing? Who has, like, doing the best with the least amount of talent? Wh- who would have ever, ever picked the Giants to make the playoffs? No one. Exactly. Their win total is, like, six and a half. But they're actually having to think about re-signing Daniel Jones. And, um, yeah, and I think that's credit to Dayball. But the reason why I'm going to pick them is because – their, the strength of their defense, in my opinion, is their D-line. You talk about Thibodeau, um, Williams, them big boys. Um, they're going to – Dexter Williams, I believe, or Leonard. It's Leonard. I think they have both, actually. Anyway, um, they're going to stuff the run. They're not – Dalvin Cook is not going to be able to run the ball, so they're going to have to drop back and throw it because Minnesota's not great at running anyway. So, to me, they're going to be expecting it. I could see a situation where Daniel Jones get loose for a couple big runs. Saquon has two touchdowns, and they really just control the ball, maybe get some turnovers on Kirk Cousins, who's known to throw – Throw it's the not, ball it's to not, the other it's team. It's not a noon game, Corey. It's Corey. not a noon game. It's not a noon okay, game. Okay, that, that makes me feel even better about it. I think the Giants uh, win this game, and then they get mopped up, whoever they play next round. They'll probably Philly. Yeah, they get mopped by Philly. But I like the Vikings. Um, I think it'll be easier for the Vikings to shut down the running game of the Giants than it will for the Giants to put a cap on Minnesota's uh, you know, potent passing attack. Um, 
that being said, uh, you know, if the Giants can produce points, you know, they they could possess the ball and beat Minnesota. I know Minnesota um, has their hiccups, but I think the Vikings at home, this team's got a lot of playoff experience. They've been in the playoffs um, in years past, and the Giants really haven't. And again, no no lethal weapons at uh, wide receiver or the, really the tight end position for the Giants. Um, it's going to put a lot of pressure on Saquon and Daniel Jones to run the ball, and I just think that'll make them a bit one-dimensional. And I don't, I don't have faith in this New York Giants defense. I do like Dable um, as a possible coach of the year, especially because, you know, he went from a team that never had a running back to a team that's running the ball almost exclusively. And, uh, you know, he's shown he can do that. Even well, Daniel Jones is kind of a Josh Allen light at this point, at least running the ball. Well, yes, but then just, you know, um, utilizing a, 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 a weapon at the running back position in Saquon Barkley when in Buffalo they've, I've ne- you know, they haven't had a running back there and, you know, fuck since. Well, like, Cor- like, like Corey yeah, said, he's, he's done the best possible job of, at using and getting the max potential out what, what's given to you, which in New York this season isn't much, especially in the receiving core. Exactly. So anyway, uh, I like the Vikings. Did we uh, and y'all, y'all both like the Giants. Yeah. You want to hop back to uh, the Seattle at San Francisco game? Yeah. Let's finish the AFC up. Um, the NFC. But yeah. Oh, I say. AFC. Yeah. So we got the Seattle Seahawks, the seven seed, going to San Francisco, the two seed. Um, on we don't have a time for that game. I think it's on Saturday though. Um, uh, it's on Saturday at uh, three thirty uh, Central Time. Okay, San Francisco is favored by nine and a half points at the time of this recording. They defeated Seattle twenty-seven to seven week two at home, and defeated Seattle twenty-one to thirteen in week fifteen on Thursday Night Football. It's hard to beat a team three times, but I don't think there's any way that Seattle can win this game. I mean, if it was if they were playing at home, I would give them maybe a shot just based off that. You know that that crowd's insane there. But they, they barely beat the Rams last week. They needed some help from the Lions to get into the playoffs. But San Francisco's defense is just so damn good. I, I, I don't see a way that Geno Smith doesn't throw at least two interceptions in this game. They've le- really leaned on Kenneth Walker in their ro- run game this year to um, you know get that play action working for Geno. I don't think that's going to be working as well uh, on Saturday. I, I probably I have San Francisco covering that nine and a half, winning by ten to thirteen points. I mean that they're probably my Super Bowl favorite at this point. What do y'all think? Well, since they lost to Kansas City back in Week Seven, they've uh, won ten games in a row. I don't see them stopping here. Uh, you know they've got the best defense in the league, allowing just sixteen point three points per game. Um, you know the defense is carrying them. They are loaded with offensive weapons. Uh, yeah, the only thing I can say about their offense is too many weapons. Only you know when you get to the goal line, only four downs. You got Debo back now. Well, yeah, but only you know uh, what are you just, just like? The only problem could be there are too many options for such a young quarterback, maybe. But uh, that's that's kind of nitpicking. Uh, I think they'll win the game. I've I've seen a little bit of Seattle this year. Uh, I like what I've seen at Geno Smith and company. Um, but another they, team that really out. Performed preseason expectations. Oh I mean, yeah, this was a team where before the season started, the win total was set at like three or four games. Exactly, and um, they've completely f- switched, uh, flipped the script. They're going to get a high draft pick in this year's draft uh, from Denver. Uh, I don't see them winning a playoff game this year, but I uh, I'm very impressed with the season they've had, and uh, you know uh, I think that they they have a lot to build on going forward. I think San Francisco is destined for at least the NFC Championship game. Yeah, I mean, I think y'all pretty much covered it there. San Francisco, best defense in the league. They're, they're the team that um, is the most quarterback-proof just because I believe they have the arguably the best coach in the league, bar Andy Reid and Kyle Shanahan. And because of that and all the weapons they have, they don't need a QB to do too much. He's just got to make the reads that are built into the offense, and someone's going to be open, and the defense ain't going to allow 20 points. So if you can score 20, you're going to win. I think the one way to beat him is to you know shock him early, really punch him in the mouth early, maybe a big hit, interception, something like that. To make him His confidence is way too high now, right now for Seattle to stand a chance. If you can get this guy you know, thinking like a rookie quarterback – and having to just not automatically process everything like like it is in Kyle Shanahan's offense um, right now. I think that's the only chance they stand. But let's move on to the AFC. Um, on Sunday at noon, we have the Miami Dolphins going to Buffalo. 
to face the Bills. Uh, that line is also at nine and a half favoring Buffalo right now. Miami actually won the first match of the season, week three at home, 20 to 19. Uh, but recently we saw Buffalo defeat the Dolphins 31 to 29. And this game, you know, this is one where it's not a dome. The weather could be a factor that's partly partly cloudy, high of 33 and low of 28, which is probably pretty good weather for Buffalo. No Tua. Skylar yeah, Thompson. No, no Tua. That's is Teddy going to play? Do we know that? Did you get this line before the Tua news came out? Probably. Well, I got this news. La- I got that line last yeah. night. So I so bet it's it even changed. higher now. Um, Teddy Bridgewater, he's got a finger injury. I bet he's probably a, they'll make that decision here in the next few days. But if not, expect t- Skylar Thompson, who we saw last weekend against the Jets, just struggle yeah. to really get anything done against a you know an elite, a semi-elite Jets defense under Ro- Robert Sala. But I just I just don't see this this Buffalo team right now. Kind of seems like the team of destiny after the whole Demar Hamlin thing. It, they're still feeding off that energy. It's going to be at home for a hyped Buffalo crowd. I mean, they had two kickoff returns last weekend. Uh, Naheem Hines, you know, going off. I expect Buffalo to easily win this game unless somehow Mike McDaniels could figure out a way to get Tyreek Hill and Jalen Wall the ball in an exciting, you know, trick play fashion. Tyreek Hill is even a little bit banged up with an ankle right now, too. Um, remember last year, the uh, first round, Buffalo played New England, beat him about 41-7? to Yeah. I could see something like that happening again. This is um, probably the... You know, if you're going to take the the favorite team here, uh, the, this is my yeah. favorite. I would favorite love to take nine and a half. The, of the, yeah, of the lines up to thirteen. I was just I, would I still, was just looking. I would take it still. I mean, the Miami's Miami's defense is not very good. Um, I know they added Bradley Chubb at the trade deadline this year, but he he can only do so much for a weak pass rush. Um, and Buffalo and Josh Allen are definitely not going to hold anything back this week. I expect him, you know, to tote the rock a decent amount do whatever he needs to do to get get the job done. Yeah, I don't know if uh, our listeners saw my reel this week, but uh, I kind of bashed the uh, Miami Dolphins. I called them a house of cards. And uh, I just think that they limped into the playoffs. They got lucky to be here. Um, they got, they you know, the, their only reason they're the seventh seed is because the Bills defeated the New England Patriots last week um, and kind of set that game up for themselves. The Steelers um, were probably the team that – you know, got the shit in the stick on that one because they were playing the best football they had been playing all year towards the end. You know, Miami, like you said, limping into the playoffs. And um, who was the other team? And the Patriots, you know, it's playing really inconsistent football all year. I would have liked to see the Steelers in the spot. I think that would have been a way more competitive game. Yeah, I mean, outside of the uh, 11-6 law, win against the Jets, uh, they had lost five in a row. Yeah, and all they needed was like one win to clinch at that point. Yeah. Um, I'm taking the Bills. Not sure about the line, but I'm taking yeah. the Bills. All right. Uh, any anything else about that game? Nah, I think uh, we're good. Let's move on to this Ravens uh, Bengals affair. Uh, Sunday night, uh, Divi- um, AFC North uh, rivalry game. Baltimore won Week Five at home, nineteen seventeen. Cincinnati won at home, Week eighteen, twenty seven to sixteen. Uh, Balt- you know, Lamar Jackson didn't play in that game. Do we know if Lamar Jackson's going to play in this one? I doubt it. Yeah. I, haven't, I haven't heard any new news, but I don't I don't think he's practiced up until this point. Another uh, subject of my real content, uh, I don't think he'll play um, because he's holding out for a contract. That's neither here nor there. Let's just talk about the game. Um, Baltimore, they're second in rushing, yard, ru- uh, rushing yards per game, but of course they don't have their most lethal threat in Lamar Jackson. And J.K. Dobbins, he's been playing, but he's been limping. You know, He's been hobbled by that knee injury, uh, hasn't been able to hit full speed. And probably for the entire season. Yeah, and I I could see this game being pretty low scoring, uh, even though you know I like Joe Burrow and the uh, Cincinnati offense. Um, both teams, Baltimore is third in uh, defensive in defensive points per game, and Cincinnati is fifth. Um, so you know, two two pretty good defenses, and uh, you know neither of the games they've played yet this year were too high scoring. I think um, forty three points last week was you know the high of those two games. Um, you know, Cincinnati really can't get to the quarterback. They only have 30 sacks this year, but they are the third most potent offense in the league. So I just think that there's going to, they're going to be a little too much for them. Um, and I think, I think the Bengals will win at home. I don't know, Corey, what do you think about this game? Yep. I'm going to take the Bengals too. I think Joe, you know, he's one of those guys who just shows up when it counts. And, you know, if Lamar was playing and was healthy, it'd be different, but I haven't been impressed with Tyler Huntley. Um, well, he might not even play either. Could be Anthony so, Brown. 
he played last week. Yeah, and, and couldn't do shit. Yeah, it's just kind of a shitty situation if you're Baltimore. You know, when you don't have your starting quarterback in the playoffs, um, kind of similar to Miami. It's just, I mean, it's just very rare you see a backup come in in a game like this and and beat a team with a elite top five um, quarterback in the NFL. So I'm gonna take Cincinnati for sure. I'm with you on that one. That point spread is seven at right now. I could see it going down if Lamar plays, obviously, though. All right, last game, uh, and this is one I'm I'm probably most excited about. Uh, I think it'll be a great game. The Los Angeles Char- Los Angeles Chargers at the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is Saturday night, seven fifteen Central Time. It'll be on NBC. These teams did play once this year. It was back in Week Three, and Jacksonville stomped the Chargers out in LA, thirty-eight to ten. But, hey, uh, that was a long time ago. I think uh, that was the game uh, Justin Herbert hurt his ribs, too. Or maybe the game prior and then tried to play through yeah, it. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I can remember that. Um, well, yeah, Jacksonville, you know, they've had a great year. Going from uh, first overall draft pick, you know, worst team in the league last season. Uh, you know, with The circus of a coach. Really know, two the, years in a row with the first pick in the draft. Uh, but in, what was this, Lawrence's second year, uh, he's really taken some strides. That offense has really come together with uh, with Doug Peterson yeah. at a, as the head coach. And, um, you know, I think this is going to be a great matchup between two young AFC quarterbacks, between Herbert and uh, Lawrence. Uh, I think it's a matchup that we'll possibly see a lot in the future as these two teams both have bright futures and um, potent young offenses. Uh, I don't know. What do y'all What do y'all think about this game? Um, I mean, it, yeah, everybody thinks this is going to be a real close game. But honestly, I, I, I can see the Jacksonville Jaguars winning this in, you know, by at least two scores. Justin Herbert and the Chargers, they've been a team that's been, you know, everyone's thought they were on the cusp of greatness the past few years. You, you see a lot of people call him a social media quarterback where you only really see the, the amazing throws he makes when he does make them, but you never see the, the overthrows or any of his misses. And it's just a Chargers team that, you know, they played their starters all of last week, pretty much all of the game last week. Mike Williams, he got hurt again, which isn't surprising. And Rashawn Slater, he's still in the IR. He could play next week if they win. But this is just a a hobbled Chargers team that's having to go across the country to Jacksonville, a team that hasn't – that's won, what, five games in a row. Jacksonville's been in the playoffs the last five weeks, essentially. You know, it's been win or we're pretty much done. They had to turn it on, and um, unlike the Lions, they did get it done with an incredible run at the end of the season. Yeah. And, and the Chargers, they, I mean, they were playing decent football. It's not like the Cowboys or some of these other teams that have kind of, you know, the, the wheels have come off towards the end of the season. Um, but I, I just don't see them. I don't think their coach is a playoff coach. I think he's more of a gimmicky kind of guy. Um, so I, th- I think Jacksonville wins this one handily probably 23 to 13. And this is, if I'm not mistaken, the first time Justin Herbert or Trevor Lawrence is going to be in the playoffs, correct? I yeah, know I, I, I don't think the Chargers have made it since they, they've been clo- – They been. They know, were a lat- game away last year, yeah, which like, was basically a playoff game, but they didn't make it. And, um, yeah, so both of these guys getting their first taste of playoff football. It'll be on Saturday night. Um, the line was one and a half. It's moved to minus two for the Chargers. Um, this is the uh, – yeah, this is the second highest over-under at 47.5, so they're predicting a lot of points to be scored. But, yeah, I mean, these teams, Chargers, 10-7, and seven, they're the five seed, the best wild card, but the Jaguars, 9-8, and eight, not far behind, and they're a division winner, so they get the home playoff game. Corey, anything on this one? I think um, if you're going to take the head coaches and compare, you like pretty much everyone's going to like Doug Peterson over Staley. Um, yeah. Peterson, obviously – you know, wanna we just talked about backup quarterbacks, won a Super Bowl with one. You know what I mean? Um, I think you could argue that they even have the quarterback advantage. I've been one. Um, I've been a bit of a Justin Herbert doubter in the sense, like people wanted to crown him a top five quarterback. The dude's never even made the playoffs. He has uh, the ability. I mean, yeah. you, you like I said, it's so, on social media you see all the throws all the time, and everyone wants to annoy him. But it, if you can't get to the playoffs, which he did this year, but if you can't, we'll really be able to. S- tell a lot from this game if he can win this game or not. This is a game they should win based off just having – there's two good quarterbacks, but he's definitely further along than Trevor Lawrence is at this point. Do you agree? Uh, no, I don't. I don't agree don't that he's so? definitely further along. Um, Trevor Lawrence didn't play well 
last week, but I think he is he's on that path of just up the. So you, you he's on the rocket you, ship path. Do you um, think he's equal or better than Justin Herbert right now? I think he's on the way. I mean, they're about the same age. Um, Trevor Lawrence was better in college. He was a better prospect. He had an absolutely shitty yeah, yeah. situation I'm, I'm as a rookie for this game. If you had to pick one quarterback out of the two, who would you pick? I mean. It's tough, but like if you're, I mean, I think I think Herbert has. If Mike Williams is healthy, I think he has better weapons. Okay, but it just no, but that 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 factors though. No, I'm just the, saying like. I mean, they're very equal. Pick, they're very equal. first pick in the draft. If you're asking me to go for forward, this game, they're playing each other. Like, just think of equal teams. One you game, have to pick one quarterback. One game. Just the equal teams. Fuck it, one drive. <laughs> Give me T. Law. Yeah, all exactly. day. Oh, you think so? I, yeah, I, I would do. go Herbert. That's fine. I mean, I, I think they're pretty equal. I'll take I think T Law could be better I think eventually. I, yeah, I just think but right he's, now this I th- game. I think he's fine. Like he he was in a shit show last year with Urban and all that. He had no chance yeah. last year. I mean, I still think no Jacksonville weapons. wins this game just because they're a more healthy, complete team yeah. playing at home. I think that fact that's those three are the biggest factors for me. But, but I, I think what Vegas is looking at though, whenever they're making Chargers the favorite, is Chargers defense has been a lot better over the second half of the year. So you taking the Chargers? No, I'm taking Jacksonville. <laughs> okay. I'm just I'm telling you what Vegas is looking <laughs> no, at. No, I got you. No, for sure. So any you got anything else on that show before uh, we wrap th- things up? I'm taking the Chargers, but um yeah, you know, if I was looking at uh you know, the hypothetical situation, I'm taking Herbert still. Um, I haven't seen enough uh, Trevor Lawrence. For all I know, he is better. I just haven't seen him on TV. I've seen yeah. Justin Herbert play in 10 fucking you, games. You only see Trevor NFL. Lawrence on Thursday nights. I saw Lawrence last week. He didn't look that good. Yeah. You know, that's what that's what I have in my mind. And he and missed a lot of throws. That what are they, like easy touchdown throws. He missed a very wide like open touchdown. Uh, you know, a lot of people saw the the gap in the field on the, on the replay. He didn't miss any versus Dallas a few weeks no, ago. No, <laughs> he sure didn't well, miss that was any. a game that Dallas was up what seventeen points and should have yeah, won. Yeah, and he threw for like four fifty. But anyways, yeah, guys, uh, I think we're running out of time here. Uh, we definitely wildcard weekend's my favorite sports weekend of the year. I'm really excited. So we'll have to get back together next week and go over all these games and preview the matchups for the divisional round. Um, any last thoughts, Corey? Um, man, be sure to, if Dallas loses, man, what are we going to do? Are we going to burn the house down? What are we going to we'll, do? We'll definitely have some content on social media I mean, talking about oh, that dude. this week leading up to the game. Cher? Very angry. Um, parting remarks. Uh, yeah, give me, give me Bills, Niners in the Super Bowl. I'll tell y'all who's going to win next week. Cool. All right. Well, I am Ty Henderson for Shea Holt, for Corey Guidry. We are the Lone Star Lowdown. Make sure to check out all of our socials like we mentioned at the beginning of the show, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. We're on it all. Come find us. Uh, Make sure to share with your friends uh, and hit us up with some feedback. You know, we always want to hear from you guys, learn how we can make the show better for the listeners and what y'all want to hear us talk about. So until next time. We are the Lone Star Lowdown. Welcome.